welcome to uh, the latest interview uh, on, in the, the downtown den and I'm delighted this afternoon to be joined uh, by Councillor Michael Green, councillor who has a cabinet responsibility at Lancashire County Council for economic development, uh, the environment and planning. I think that's right, Michael. That's correct, Frank, and uh, good afternoon bit, to bit you. Of a, good bit afternoon of a to you and, and everybody watching in today. Yeah, so it we is, just... it's, a, it's a very long title. <laughs> <laughs> so we were just having a chat offline, Michael, about you know us all getting used to this period of lockdown. Of course, we're we're well set now. It's it's nine or ten weeks, I think, that we've uh, we've been at home working from home. Uh, but of course, as a councillor, particularly. Uh, with that range of activity uh, and of course activity that will be impacting on how we recover uh, from where we are at this moment in time. Your day job won't have been any easier if if anything I'm sure it's got even busier for you. It's It's been remarkably busy Frank um, so in, in a very different way so, so I, I'm used to leaving home early in the morning and, and often not getting home till 10 p.m in the evening that's that's quite standard for me and, and as a council you don't you don't work nine to five um as you'll be aware and you don't work monday to friday it can be seven days a week and it varies from day to day but but whilst that's been different so i've been mainly home based um the the workload has, has remained the same so so you still get the same number of emails obviously that keep coming keep coming in and out consultations to reply to businesses to engage with um, and I've been doing a lot of work via Zoom meetings such, such as this one, uh, Microsoft Teams and Skype to keep in contact a, a with fellow councillors, um, be, be with the officers at the county council, but, but then with other organisations, you know, the likes of Marketing Lancashire and, and Transport for the North uh, and some, some members of the business community, the Chambers of Commerce, the Federation of Small Businesses, yourselves, etc, etc. Et so. I always see that as important. So whilst I do, I am based at County Hall normally, I like to get out and about and, and meeting different businesses and different organisations uh, to see the challenges that, that companies may face uh, mm. from time to time. Uh, obviously, those challenges have become more, more significant in recent times for obvious reasons. Mm. And how have you found your own skill set, Michael? Have you got used to using different tools or are you already pretty good around these sort of things like Skype, Zoom and so on. I have to confess, it's something that I've never really been a big fan of and, and I've always tried to get out of. You know, if somebody say, do a Skype call, I'd always say, well, I'd rather come and see you. Um, but I think in the future, you know, particularly if you go into meetings outside of the North or the Northwest, it's probably something I will use much more often going forward. I think uh, I'll be completely honest with you, Frank. These were not products that I previously used. Yes. Uh, so, so I've used Skype in the past on, on a personal level, but but never really used it for business. Mm. Um, I'd never heard of Zoom, if if I'm being honest. <laughs> Thought it was a lolly ice. <laughs> yes. Uh, but but that that's a benefit because it's forced us to use some of these products. And in actual fact, you can have meetings. And I was on a meeting with Transport for the North where there were 70 people in that meeting uh, and it took place. And, and it wasn't ideal, don't get me wrong, I would much sooner have a face-to-face -face meeting. I'd much sooner be face-to-face -face with yourself and everybody now this afternoon and speaking and, and being able to engage with people properly. And I think that's always going to be the preferred way of working for myself and probably most people. However, the likes of Zoom and Skype and Microsoft Teams give that opportunity to, to hold meetings in a different way. So, so there might sometimes be, be a need to hold a, a short meeting and, and rather than travel 20 miles and getting different people from different areas together, you could do it using something like a product such as Zoom yeah. and it would be a way of, of having contact and better than just doing it by telephone. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, for instance, I, I think yesterday I received an email from somebody I normally have a conversation with, and they'd actually set it up as a Skype meeting. So, <laughs> I think people are now beginning to use that as a preferred method. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think in, in the future, it'll be probably a bit of mix and match. Some mm. of it will revert back to how we were operating up to January 2020. Uh, but I think 
the chance that we've had to use this technology will, will give people confidence to actually use it for, for some meetings moving forwards and, and an, an additional way of keeping in contact, which, yeah. which as, as you well know, is so important for the business community. Yeah, no, I'd absolutely agree with that. I think, as you say, nothing quite beats face-to-face, but there are occasions yeah. when, uh, not least, if you can start to re- reduce your, your carbon footprint, it's, uh, it'll help in that respect again. Um, so as i've said michael you've got this cabinet responsibility which is quite broad um just talk us through what those responsibilities touch upon so as you said my my role is cabinet member for economic development environment and planning um so i would say the bulk of that portfolio is the economic development side so so it's ensuring that the ingredients are, are in place to see lancashire flourishing as a county to attracting in, inward investment and making sure our businesses have the opportunity to succeed, both locally but also nationally and internationally. Um, now that that comes about as a, a number of different strands. So some of it is direct investment by the county council into schemes, and we, and we develop sites ourselves, and we have economic development companies as well, which are offshoots of the county council. Uh, but also some of it works. By, by working in partnership either with other local authorities in the northwest or the private sector um, to, to bring schemes forward uh, and I'm sure we'll touch on a little bit more on some, some of those schemes uh, later. Part, part of the role though is also ensuring that we have the infrastructure in place to, to help businesses to flourish so, so it's things around the skills agenda which is so important uh, and ensuring that the residents of Lancashire will have the skills to flourish in the future and, and to take up opportunity of the employment opportunities which will arise in, in the years to come. And transport infrastructure. So transport is obviously a big one. Um, we, are, we have a lot of advantages in Lancashire. I think the six motorways that, that uh, pass through the county. Uh, we, we've got the West Coast Main Line, etc. So, so there are some key advantages to us, but there are also some disadvantages uh, and the transport infrastructure isn't what it needs to be if we want to flourish as an economy. So, so very much part of my role is promoting um, inward investment in terms of transport infrastructure, either directly from the government or working with partners uh, such as Transport for the North, um, whose board I actually sit on. Other strands to the portfolio are the environment, um, which is becoming ever more important for, for obvious reasons. Uh, and reducing the amount of carbon which is used by, by the county council directly uh, and by other people uh, across the Lancashire footprint. Uh, and we've had successes in that over recent years. We, we set targets probably over a decade ago and we achieved those targets ahead of schedule. Uh, but that becomes an ever more important issue uh, moving forwards and that there's ever more that we need to do collectively uh, to ensure that we have an environment which, which will benefit the residents of Lancashire in the future and at the same time allowing businesses to flourish and work in different ways to, to achieve what they want to achieve. The planning side of it is, is very much about strategic planning. Uh, so as a county council, we are the planning authority for things like uh, minerals, waste, issues like that, plus, plus anything that's a Lancashire development. So the, the, the topical one, the, the typical one is schools, for instance. So most of the schools will if they need planning applications for either a new school or an extension that would come before the planning committee. Um, we also deal with some controversial ones so waste incinerators will come under the county council which tend to be controversial for, for residents in, in areas. Um, the fracking applications uh, came before the county council so we are responsible for, for any expiration of, of anything su- such as um, hydraulic fracturing or, or fracking, fracking as it is referred to. Um, so there's a, there's a number of schemes. They, they tend to be the bigger ones. They tend to be the more controversial ones. And we don't deal with things like um, applications for housing schemes, mm. etc. Those are dealt with by the the lower tier authorities, the twelve districts that operate in Lancashire. Yeah. Or an extension to back garden or anything like that. Yeah. There's not enough stuff. Um, exactly. So obviously it's a very broad role, Michael. But as you say, and I think you know the focus of our attention today is economic development brief that you have and clearly you know although Lancashire I think has been 
very good in terms of reacting to the lockdown and supporting businesses through what's been a very difficult period. And the We Are Lancashire hashtag has caught people's imaginations. And I think the support mechanisms and the infrastructure that you've put in place, I know every authority in Lancashire has been involved in that, but I think right to acknowledge that the county council uh, as the strategic authority was at the forefront of pulling all that together. Uh, but I'm sure knowing you as I do, you're already thinking about what next. How can we bring ourselves out of lockdown and get the economy moving uh, as quickly as possible? Uh, and I just before we move into the Lancashire piece, wanted to get your views really on how you feel uh, the government and Rishi Shunak have uh, reacted to the crisis, not on the health and care side, um, but on that economy side of things and support and businesses. Yeah, thanks, Frank. Um, I think once we realised what we were facing, um, the first thing that our officers at County Hall did um, was, was hold a meeting with myself and we discussed what we were going to do. So, so obviously we have a, a product known as Boost, um, which, which supports business growth normally. And it's very much about growing businesses and growing the Lancashire economy and providing that service to 52,000 businesses across Lancashire. Well, we thought that obviously, whilst we want businesses to continue growing, it was obviously not going to be the right messaging and not going to be the right support that was needed. So we wanted to reposition Boost. And we did so, well, going back a couple of months ago now, um, we were in there right from the beginning to offer new new services and new facilities for businesses to come to us for help and we have this hashtag which we still have which is ask for help and if any businesses are looking at this and they haven't taken advantage of boost up to now i would encourage them all to do so don't be afraid to ask for help i think we all are as human beings sometimes we are a bit reticent in asking for support in any situation in life um, but we are obviously still in the middle of a crisis uh, moving forward so if any businesses out there do need any support please ask for that help, whether, whether it's financial or whether it's mentoring or assistance or, or advising them on where to go for further support. I think there are tremendous resources available there, online webinars as well and support and training, access to finance schemes and all sorts. So it's all available on the Boost uh, website. If any businesses have not checked it out, just Google Boost Lancashire and it will come up with all those details. On a national level, Frank, um, whatever any of us, whatever any of, of our political persuasions are, but I think everybody would agree that the amount of support that the government has offered to, to the business community has been extraordinary. Uh, and I think it was beyond what most of us expected it to be, uh, to offer the amount of support in terms of grant funding and, and loans and, and the furloughing schemes, et cetera, which has been recently extended um, by Rishi Sunak, has been, has been a seismic change from what you would have expected. And putting it bluntly, particularly from a Conservative government, they've been very much in, involved because they've realised that the importance of trying to keep as many businesses as possible continuing in existence and employing uh, residents, whether it's national in the case of the government, or locally in the case of Lancashire. Uh, so yes, I, I've been impressed by, by the actions of Rishi Sunak and the government in general. It's not to say that the government haven't made mistakes. Of course they have. I think all governments around the world have done, um, but those will come out in the fullness of time. But, but with regard to the support to, to the business community, I, I think it's been excellent. Um, and, and I will commend them on, on doing that. And I think it, it's made, made a real difference for, for lots of businesses and allowed them to continue. We've still got that additional support which I think has been extended to August uh, and then beyond that but I think the businesses would have to contribute some, some of that support after that yeah. which of course may, may be an issue for some businesses but at least that support is ongoing and it will give them a structure I think any business needs to needs to have a forward plan and I think it offers that that forward plan and a, and a way for them to to start to get their employees back to work and, and we've seen that in recent times where people, more and more people are now going back to work I think the Chancellor's done an excellent job, Michael. I, I don't think that we could have anticipated uh, the scale of the crisis, but equally the scale of the support that's been put in place. And I think it's um, interesting to see other countries, the European Union actually, as a collective yes. group of countries, are now playing catch-up to an extent. And it was only yesterday yeah. where the President of 
uh, France and, and Chancellor Merkel have come together with a package that probably matches ours, but it's taken them almost two, three months. And I think exactly. the great thing about uh, the Chancellor's announcements were they, you know, they were forward thinking. They took an awful lot of pressure off businesses at a time when that was uh, absolutely required. And the thing that kills business, as you'll be aware of, Michael, is uncertainty. Absolutely. Uh, and of course, as long as you've got that, uh, as you rightly say, roadmap that allows you to see what help is available from the government and how long that is in place for, then at least you can start to uh, map out a bit of a future yeah. for yourselves. And I, I, I couldn't commend him uh, more, to be fair. He's, I think Sunak's done a great job. Probably surprised a few people. Well, uh, because I it's think been, when he was... Baptism of fire for him, hasn't it? Sure, and I think when he was appointed, you know, myself included, you, you wonder, first of all, where he'd come from, uh, and secondly, whether he was just going to be a bit of a yes-man for, for number 10. Uh, well, he's been anything but that. Um, and uh, and again, you know, I just wonder, in terms well, I of... I remember what, meeting him, Frank. So, sorry to interrupt sorry, you. No I remember meeting him for the first time. must have been two or three years ago. And he was a, a minor member of the government at, the, at that stage with, with respect to him but you could see that there's something about him mm. there was something special there that, that you don't often see in MPs with, with respect to them uh, and ministers and you, you thought this guy potentially could go very far mm. you, you could see that but but for him to be to, to take over from the previous chancellor just as this crisis was beginning to unveil itself as I said, it's been a baptism of fire. Yeah. But come of the hour, come of the man, as they say. And, and he's, he's stood up to that. Uh, and his, his interventions have been dynamic. And, and yes, it, you know, financially as a country, we, we will be paying some of this back for, for many years to come. But he's taken the right steps at the right time to support the business community and support people's employment opportunities. Yeah. No, as I say, I, I think he's, uh, he's certainly, if, if we were to use the terminology, a good war, then it would certainly apply to, to him. Um, the, the, the other thing this leads me into, uh, and it'd be interesting to get your views on this, Michael, you know, clearly the, the country is at a bit of a crossroads at the moment. We've been in lockdown for, as I say, I think it's nine or ten weeks now. I've lost count. Um, but ultimately, you know, there is a point where you've got to say, if we continue in this situation, then the short, medium and long-term impact to the economy is going to be such that actually the health implications in other areas of society start to actually outweigh what we're doing to combat the virus. Um, it's Mental Health Awareness Week this week, for example. Now, you know, we're already uh, aware of the fact that, you know, those charities that deal uh, with those sort of issues uh, are being absolutely inundated uh, with requests for help and support. If you then look at the unemployment rates that have been announced today, which only really took into account a week of the lockdown, then they're significantly up. And of course, deprivation and poverty have a direct link to poor health. And my feeling, and this is just my personal view, so feel free to disagree, is that we do now need to turn the dial and start looking towards a recovery and coming back to work. Um, you know, it's very easy, isn't it, to, to get bogged down into health and safety and all those issues, which, listen, if you've lost someone in particular during this last few weeks, I'm not trying to underestimate anybody's loss, but I'm just sensing, Michael, that unless we do move that dial relatively quickly, the chances of an economic upturn coming back quickly uh, are going to be fairly short. Yeah, I think that's quite fair, Frank, and I, and I think that that's part of the government's thinking in how they are moving things forward. We, we've clearly got to get the economy moving again. However, this, is, this has been a crisis and it's been an health crisis. Uh, and we've got to, first of all, remember those, those, sadly, those people that have died during this nationally we, we know what the figures are locally there have been significant numbers uh, and we've been in three figure numbers for, for people dying on a weekly basis now one death on this illness is too much so we've got to get those numbers down and we've got to keep them coming down now we all know about this R figure uh, for the rate of passing this disease on to people but I'm not an expert on that 
and I don't know what the figures are. And there's, there's a delay on it. There's a lag on it as well, I understand. Yeah. So we don't know where we are. So it can only be done in a safe manner. I think, yes, we've got to get people back to work. We've got to get the economy moving. That is so important for, for individuals, for, for the reasons that you said, to support their lives, but, but their mental health as well. is so important that people need to be back at work. Um, but it's important for the businesses and it's important for UK PLC. But equally, we've got to do it at the right time and in a staged approach to ensure that it can be done safely and we don't have a, a big impact on, on people's health by pushing that figure up and, and getting a second spike, which could be significant, which would have a, a massive impact, A, on, on the health, but, but B, also on the economy, because the last thing we need is, is to then go into a severe lockdown again, uh, which could have a, a bigger impact moving forward. As you rightly said, businesses need some certainty and they need the certainty of being able to grow, being able to start their business back up, more and more people returning to work, but knowing that they can then go upwards and start to grow their businesses back again to where they were. And then beyond that, looking towards growth moving forwards, which we all want to see. I think that, um, you know, it, it, there's a balance to this, isn't it? It's a yeah. clearly, listen, complex issues and, no government would want to be having to deal with these sort of issues, uh, particularly a relatively new government and a relatively inexperienced cabinet. Um, but I think that, you know, you, you, you're starting to polarise debate if you're not careful, if you're looking at this through the lens of the media, um, from, you know, the Piers Morgan end of the scale, um, through to those people who just say to hell in a handcart and let's just all go back to work tomorrow. So, I get the fact that we've got to be careful in terms of moving I forward. I don't think the media have helped, Frank. <laughs> uh, and I, I'm not going to mention any names, but I included out some some reporters and, and journalists that I had a lot of respect for previously. But mm. you actually see them now asking some crazy questions. Mm. Uh, and you think, which planet are they on? Mm. So yeah. I think there's a responsibility with any kind of role like that there's a responsibility as well and sometimes they, they've not shown that over the last few weeks which yeah. has been disappointing yeah i i think there's i mean i i'd have to say to, to be fair um i think you know where i'd be absolutely uh praiseworthy of the chancellor's activities during the past nine weeks or so i think the government's messages could have been clearer i think communications have been poor uh, I think it's evident that the Prime Minister was missing through illness for a couple of weeks because I think that, the, that you know, that it came off the rails for, for a time there. Uh, and none of that's helped. And of course, as you know, Michael, because you deal with journalists at a local level, uh, if they smell uncertainty and they start to spot uh, inconsistency, then, then they'll take advantage of that. And I think some of that's happened. But I think equally, some of the reporting... Uh, and some of the commentators are utilising this more for their own personality, if I may put it that way, yes. mentioning no names, than, uh, than maybe for the good of the country, as you're suggesting they should at this moment in time. I know that one of our uh, participants today, by the way, and he's, he's typed a, a little message in saying how well he's, he believes Lancashire County Council have reacted to the crisis thus far, it is Richard Slater, of course, a local journalist in Lancashire. Yes. And it's people like Richard... Uh, and others, of course, in the county who do give fair reporting and, of course, do promote uh, the county and its business in the right way. So so welcome this afternoon, Richard. Michael, let's move on and move back to, to, to Logan. Before you, do, before you do, Frank. Sorry, Michael. Yeah, yeah. R Richard is one of the much better examples and, and Lancashire Business View has been working with, with Boost yeah. uh, to help to get the messaging out there. So that, that's very much appreciated. Yeah. Well, it is the premier business magazine in the country now, I think, has acknowledged at a, a national awards Indeed. not so long ago. So uh, we always knew it, of course, but it's nice that the rest of the country knows it as well. Um, so, Michael, moving back to, to county matters then, um, you're looking at, obviously, the recovery plans. Um, where do you see Lancashire's advantages, strengths, uh, as we do start to come out of this crisis? What are the sectors where you think there's going to be some quick wins to be had? Sorry, I didn't, ca didn't quite catch the end of your question then, Frank, sorry. I I'm just saying, Michael, where do you think the sectors are in Lancashire where we think we may get some quick wins? Thanks for that. Um, 
yeah, we we are looking at recovery plans. We, in fact, we have been doing for, for a number of weeks actually um, to to put forward proposals to the government and, and to seek assistance from the government and funding to help us to take some of some of these schemes forward. Um, and, and we've got some 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 good ones um, up our sleeves, and I'll talk talk about those to you more. I think the Lancashire economy is quite diverse in terms of its sectors and I think that is a strength um, but we have some sectors that have been particularly badly hit thinking of tourism hospitality etc and those will take some time um, I know marketing Lancashire do, doing work with uh, member bodies uh, member companies etc to offer them assistance but it, but it will take time by the very nature of the businesses other businesses are in a different place, so, so manufacturing, um, a, a lot of them have started to go back to work now and can do so in, in a relatively safe way, so I think that is good and that needs to happen. Um, and we, we've got lots of people in the office uh, world, etc., that can work remotely from home, uh, as we are doing, and uh, so that, that is a strength too. Um, one product that we've put forward in terms of looking forward to, to helping businesses to, to grow, and um, we've just launched it this week actually, it is a 2-0 scale-up um, programme. So, so this is very much looking at, at businesses that aim to have 20% growth year on year. We'd, we'd launch a scale-up programme beginning of the year actually, January, and we've had to put it on hold for, for obvious reasons. But we're now relaunching this and it's a 90-day support programme. Um, for any businesses that are looking at growing by 20%, and and it offers coaching, mentoring, masterclasses, etc. Uh, so if any if anybody that's listening is interested in that, please uh, contact Boost um, and and find out how they can register for that and take advantage of that scheme moving forwards. Looking at um, some some particular schemes which we may well be be able to take forward on on a faster rate moving forwards um, we've got for to pick out one example so we've got the cured and development which is known as Lancashire Central um, that was uh, moving forwards to, to be developed and then, then you'll recall that IKEA pulled out of that scheme so, so we've re-looked at plans and as part of that the, the new plans which may come forward had the, the greater amount of logistics space um, on there um, because it's a prime location at the intersection of uh, important motorway junctions, the M6, the M65, etc. Um, and on the back of this crisis, there's, there's clearly a need nationally for more logistic space um, and lots of companies delivering goods up and down the country who have been stars, may, may I add. When, when you look at the key workers, I think we underplay the role that some of these delivery men and women have done up and down the county and up and down the country in, in getting goods and getting shopping uh, and all sorts to, to people. So there's a greater potential for logistics. So we see that as a, as a massive potential uh, on the Cuerden side. In terms of the infrastructure and the links and the location of Lancashire, um, I, I think that you know the city deal went a long way, didn't it, in terms of central Lancashire, in terms of improving that infrastructure, and I know some of that work is continuing. Um, but equally, you know, Lancashire rightly sees itself as a, a net contributor to UK PLC, and certainly we want to play a bigger part in the Northern Powerhouse as it progresses. And I'll come back to uh, your views on devolution in a moment. Um, but any movement, because I know it's part of your responsibility. Uh, in terms of you know Preston Rail Station, for example, which could be a fantastic hub um, for the county moving forward, HS2 and some of those other plans that the government have got in terms of spend on those big infrastructure projects. Yeah, I'll pick up on those, Frank. So, so City Deal that, that you've touched on, for, for anyone who's not aware of what it is, so, so City Deal was a partnership between the Lancashire County Council, uh, the government um, through Arms England, and the two local councils, so Preston City Council and South Liberal Borough Council. Um, it was a, a scheme which, which provided for 17,000 new houses and importantly over 20,000 new jobs over a 10 to 15 year period. And it's been really successful in, in delivering some, some major infrastructure. So a lot of the junctions have been improved from South Liberal leading into Preston, for instance. We are, we are currently building uh, the, the West Coast, uh, the 
Western distributor link around Preston, uh, up to the northwest of Preston. Plans are going through for, for similar to be done in, in South able to create a sort of a ring road right around the city. Um, and it will provide opportunities for lots of businesses to expand in the years to come uh, and has been successful in, in many ways. I think as I, as I touched at the beginning um, this afternoon, we have some tremendous uh, links in terms of roads, the motorways, six motorways, uh, the, the train network, etc. But it doesn't go far enough. We, we want there to be improvements. So the County Council has been a supporter of HS2. Personally, I've been a very big supporter of HS2. Yes, partly for the speed, uh, so getting the, the quicker journeys in and out of London and the cities in between, so the likes of Birmingham, etc. But, but more importantly, and always more importantly than speed, um, was capacity. So the capacity which is provided by having a new rail, rail link um, up the west coast and up the east, up to Yorkshire and, and the northeast as, as well, provides extra capacity for the more local services. And that will pro provide massive potential for us. So with this talk about the Northern Powerhouse Rail and the, the government's very supportive of that. So that links Manchester to Leeds and other cities. So, so the likes of Liverpool, Sheffield, up to Newcastle and, and so on. But it's much more than that. Uh, and we've got to feed in more than that. So, so in Lancashire, we know we've, we've suffered from, from problems with the rail network uh, and the government stepped in to, to deal with the franchising issues. Sadly, not enough time before this crisis to, to sort things out. But I'm sure they will be re resolved moving forwards. But we suffer in particular from east to west links. So across Lancashire and into Yorkshire. The rail links and road links in east Lancashire are simply not good enough and the servings very different communities. Some of them are quite deprived as well. And it's important that we get better links moving across. So myself and, and the cabinet member for highways and transport have worked closely on getting the Skipton to Colne rail link put in place and, and we've supported that. We're hopeful of getting some uh, good news from the government in the not too distant future to make that a reality, which will be an important passenger link, but even more so important for for, for the business community. Um, so the likes of Drax um, have been a big player because they get their goods in from Liverpool, but it takes them literally hours and hours to get the goods over to the power station over in Yorkshire. So it it would make a massive change on that. So so we need to get these these things in place. Uh, we're looking at again a new railway station uh, just north of Preston to support the housing developments, new rail link to Skelmersdale, which hasn't had a railway station for some time. Uh, and all local schemes such as getting stations reopened, one, one in my area is mid Station, which is on the most direct route from, from Liverpool to, to Preston, underutilised. And it was closed 50, 60 years ago, but could now have much more capacity and much more, more use because you've got a, a big housing development for 850 houses being built right on the doorstep of it. So, so there's, some of them are not massive schemes. Some can be quite small schemes as well, but, but would make a massive difference to, to the people of Lancashire. And, and Michael, I've often used the phrase that I've always saw Lancashire as, as the glue that can bring the Northern Powerhouse together. Um, but, you know, you've mentioned transport for the North, you and, I, you and I have had a number of conversations about how the county can punch its weight at that northern powerhouse level. Uh, and of course, it won't have gone unnoticed um, over the last few weeks that when we see northern voices on our media channels, uh, they tend to be people like Andy Burnham and Steve Rotherham because, of course, they've got combined authorities, they are elected mayors, and it does give them that enhanced voice. In Birmingham, um, again, to take the politics out of this, you know, they've got a Conservative mayor in Andy Street. Again, I'm, I'm conscious of the fact Andy was on um, breakfast television this morning. I think he's actually one of the few Conservative politicians who managed to get a word in edgeways with, uh, with Piers Morgan, who I mentioned earlier. Um, so the, the serious point here, Michael, is that when Lancashire comes up with, as we are at the moment, a recovery plan, and we go to government, and we'll have an evidence-based case to make for additional resources. Um, of course, we've got great people 
articulate in that case for us. And you brought in some um, some big hitters to help us with that recovery plan. Um, but I think the argument that I've been making, certainly, and I know Jeff uh, Driver agrees with this, is that we do now need to move towards a model of governance where we have a combined authority. And if that means having uh, an elected mayor, a single voice, uh, then that's fine. But Lancashire needs to get a place at that top table in the Northern Powerhouse debate, doesn't it? Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Uh, I think in, in terms of our place in the Northern Powerhouse, Frank, I see it as Lancashire has been very much the engine room. Um, so, so that's the way I, I would describe it. And we do have a, a big part to play, both regionally and nationally. Um, so our enterprise partnership is, is very ambitious. We've got a, recently a new chairman. We've now got a new chief executive in place who are ambitious to, to do more and more. And, and we are seeing that ambition coming through. We are playing our part through vehicles such as the Convention of the North. In fact, this morning at eight o'clock this morning, I was on a conversation with colleagues from Convention of the North and looking forward to, to plans for there's supposed to be an event in September this year, which may or may not take place. And that will be uh, announced in, in due course. But looking at, at ways in which we can promote the North of England as a whole and playing our part within that Northern powerhouse moving forward. We have some great schemes in Lancashire, north, south, east and west. So we're involved in developing the Eden project up in the north yeah. at Morecambe, which will be transformational for Morecambe, the north of Lancashire and Cumbria. But I would go as far as saying this is a project of economic significance on a national scale. This is a national scale project and something that we hope that the government will put some funding in. We've been supporting it so far ourselves, the Enterprise Partnership, Lancaster University and Lancaster City Council. So we've been behind this for a number of years now. Government's put a little bit of money in, but we need them to, putting it bluntly, we need the government to step up and put a big sum in. But they'll only do that if a strong business case is made. Now, I firmly believe that business case can be made and we'll be working to do that. But that, that will be a massive game changer. We've got the Cuadin development right in the centre that, that we've touched on already. We've got the enterprise zones, so we've got Blackpool Enterprise Zone that's doing well, we've got Hill Houses, we've got Wharton and we've got Samsbury. Samsbury, uh, we are developing well, there's new facilities on there, we're now building an advanced manufacturing research centre on there with Sheffield University, which will attract and provide hope and a development base for businesses right across Lancashire moving forwards and another tremendous asset. So we've got lots of projects, we've got lots of ambition both politically as ourselves as a, an administration at County Hall and the team of officers that we've put in place. But it, you are quite right that it goes beyond that. We, we need to, to make our voice loud and clear at every level. And sometimes we are missed from that because we don't have this single person that can stand up for Lancashire um, in the same way as, as you rightly say, Birmingham, Manchester, Liverpool, Teesside, etc. have elected mayors. I've personally always been a supporter of having a combined authority uh, for Lancashire. I think that should have, personally, I think it should have happened years ago. And we've missed out on attracting inward investment into the county as a result of that. Now, there's a, there's a whole variety of reasons why it's not happened, um, from people's individual views and concerns and a fear of losing control in some way which is not what it should be about. This should be about devolving powers and funding from central government into the local area into Lancashire, not about sucking powers up from the district councils or the county council or the unitaries. It's very much the other way around. That's the way I see it. And I think that would have the advantage of then having um, a more powerful voice. Now, whether or not you have an elected mayor to support that, the government probably would, would insist that you add a person um, who could be held accountable so that he or she has some accountability ultimately to the electorate, which which I think is, is crucial, that there is a, accountability. So I can understand that. But, but equally, having an elected mayor has been a concern for, for many politicians uh, right across Lancashire. So we'll have to see on, on whether that happens, but I think the prize needs to be big enough. And if the prize is big enough in terms of that, being able to take decisions closer to the people and having additional funding, which we can bring in 
to the county for the benefit of our businesses and creating employment and improving people's quality of life as a result. I think that is a prize which is big enough um, to, to work with and something which I would support. I think it is an important step, Michael, because I think, you know, when you talk to our colleges, for example, um, they look to places like Liverpool and Manchester and see that resources that they're not being able to get their hands on are going to those cities purely because uh, of the combined authority status. Uh, and I think the, the other thing I'd say on the political um, view, you know, I listen, I, I talk to lots of Conservatives in Lancashire, yourself included. And of course, you know, if you looked at Lancashire as an electorate, uh, you would ordinarily think that there was almost a default position that you would have a Labour mayor. Well, I'll tell you, uh, they said that in Birmingham. Uh, they said that in the West Midlands. And, you know, Andy Street is, uh, is he, he won against the odds. Uh, but I tell you, he'll take some shifting uh, because politics aside, you know, he's doing a grand job, is Andy. And I I think uh, people respect him for that. It doesn't much matter at a local level uh, what your poor region for your county. Uh, then I think people take note of that. So I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't, as a conservative, I was sat in Lancashire. I wouldn't be thinking, oh, it's, no. it's automatically going to be a Labour nominee. It might well not be. I think I think you're absolutely right, Frank. Um, yeah, Andy Street does a tremendous job in the West Midlands. He's made a real change. The likes of Ben Alchin, to pick another Conservative example up in Teesside, yeah. has made a, a real difference for his community. Andy Burnham on our doorstep in Manchester uh, has done a great job and, and is the voice of Manchester. And whether people like or, or everything that these, those three, as, as I've picked out as examples, whether they like everything that they say or everything that they're doing, is almost academic. They are making a real difference for their individual areas. And whoever that person might be, in the Lancashire context, I, I would hope that he or she would, would make a similar impact. Now, of course, as a Conservative, I would want that to be a Conservative representative because, because I feel that we would have, have a better potential to, to work with the business community. We, we understand the business community a bit more than some members of the Labour Party, but, but not all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably an argument for another day. It but is. I think the point that you're making is is well made. You know, it's that single voice and that powerful figure uh, um, that and we it, need. And I the think interesting in point, Frank, if it ever came to that, to it, be, I mean, in reality, you would probably end up with a Labour or a Conservative nomination becoming the elected mayor. That will probably be be the case, but but it might not be a traditional politician. It no. might be somebody very much from, from the business community uh, yeah. that, that and, might stand for, yeah. for either of those parties. Yeah, and, and that would be, you know, I think that would be good to see as well. And that's what certainly Andy Street brought to the table. I, I, I think moving away from the personality and the politics side of it, though, Mike, the more important thing that we've both touched upon here, and you're involved in these discussions uh, at the highest level, is that we've got so much to offer as a county uh, that actually, you know, once we can start to get some of those additional resources and pushing these things on, then it will uh, enhance and advance that powerhouse uh, agenda. So, you know, it, it, it's for, for everybody's interest, really, that Lancashire can start to be at that top table and punching its way. My, my view now is, look, York should have got one. <laughs> York, if York should have got one, we've got to have one. We can't Absolutely. let... That we can't let the Yorkies get one over on us. Listen, I'm conscious we've got about 15 minutes left. If people are watching and want to type into the Zoom chat a couple of questions, then I'll put those to uh, Michael. I've got plenty of my own left, but if people do want to put some questions, then please uh, do so. I touched quickly there on education, and you mentioned earlier as well, uh, Michael, about the importance of skills. Um, so... We have some great colleges, uh, of course. We have some fabulous universities, world-renowned universities. Um, but, of course, a little bit of conversation and, and controversy, uh, I suppose, over the last week about a return to schools. Uh, I've not kept my eye on what's happening in, in, in Lancashire, to be honest, on the school side of things. Are we all good to go on the 1st of June in the county? 
my understanding, and, and I'm not as close to, to this as, as some areas, to be honest, Frank, but, but my understanding is that the government have advised that, that schools should be opening uh, for certain age groups yeah. um, from, from the 1st of June, and the County Council has offered as much support and advice to the schools as possible, including um, model ways of working and, and risk assessments and, and all sorts to the schools but individual decisions are being left to the, the ed teachers and the governing bodies to make the ultimate decision on the numbers of numbers of children that are able to go back and ultimately the the, the final decision is being left with parents on mm. whether or not to send their, their children to school mm. uh, so so whilst we normally as the county council would, would enforce children being sent to school uh, we obviously for, for obvious reasons think that is crucially important the discretion is now being left to, to parents as to whether it is right that their children should go back. And that, that a lot will depend on the individual preparations done by each school. With over 600 schools in Lancashire, so there'll, there'll be different pictures in different areas. Yeah, I think that makes perfect sense. I think I'm right in saying, Mike, I may be wrong, um, uh, but the biggest local education authority, certainly in the North West, aren't I we? Think we are, I think we are the biggest in, in yeah. the country, yes. Yeah, I think that's the case, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and I know size doesn't matter, but it's always good to remind people of how big Lancashire actually is, in, in my yeah. opinion, anyway. But, um, but schools, but, are take, schools are, t- are obviously taking it import, uh, as a matter of very import, important uh, to keep the children and, and the staff uh, and the wider community safe. Um, mm. So, for instance, I'm a school governor and I, I received a, a model risk assessment last night uh, for, for governors to, to go through and to, to pass comments on, which I did. and others will have done as well but it, it seemed from, from my looking at it it seemed to be very rigorous and they were considering the, the the various potential aspects and potential risks and how to manage those risks moving forward i think it's all part of that turn in the dial that i mentioned earlier so yes yeah. um right couple of questions from uh, people who are uh, are online watching this afternoon so uh, from richard actually richard slater at lancashire business view um interested to learn how covid is affecting the preparation a good point michael because i know that uh, the county so, sorry Frank, and I the just, lep it just um, broke up then so i lost the, i lost you at the beginning sorry um interested this is question from richard Laser. interested to learn how covid is affecting the preparations and timescales for the lancashire industrial strategy uh, which I know you are underway. Uh, undoubtedly, I'm, I'm guessing that um, there will have been some impact on that strategy. I think I got I got most of that. You broke up a bit. Um, undoubtedly, there will have been some some impact, Frank. Yes, and and thank you, Richard, for the question. Um, but I think it, it's important to to still move ahead uh, and look to developing this industrial strategy for Lancashire, which I've always believed would be important. And we take the COVID experience, so to speak, into account um, because there are factors and there's issues that we must always learn from uh, moving forward. So as far, as far as I'm concerned, that, that's as important as ever, if not more so. Right, I'm not sure who's who, who's Sorry. frozen here. Frank, I've lost you, yes. Connection or Michael's connection that's gone. I, I think, uh, as I say, I'm not sure whose connection it is that's gone uh, a bit dodgy. So if you're watching in and you've lost us, I do apologise. Um, Michael, have we got you back? I'm here, yes. Yeah, you're there. I think it may be a connection in uh, in my part of the world rather than yours, so I do apologise. No problem. Um, I think we've got the we've got the gist of the industrial strategy. Uh, we're continuing, uh, but obviously, I think some of the challenges that we've probably uh, unearthed over the past uh, few months will be taken yes. to account moving forward. Richard, we, we'll come back to you on that, and 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 Richard has got your number anyway so he can have a chat to you privately if he needs Anytime, to on that. final question because i am yeah i don't want to lose the link um and this is from uh yvonne Revenson, renanson stone uh good afternoon yvonne 
Um, Yvonne says, thank you for a great discussion. Aside from the projects mentioned, what role do you see the regional universities playing in the recovery? Hello. Did you get that? Uh, uh, there, was quite a, there was quite a bit missing. No. I'll try one more time. The question, hi Michael, is what role do you see the yeah, universities playing in the recovery? Okay, yes. Thank you, Yvonne, for, for tuning in and for asking that question. Uh, a very important role. So, so as we've touched on, we've got some world-leading universities so from Lancaster University up in the north uh, we've got the University of Cumbria which has its main campus also in the Lancaster area we've got uh, University of Central Lancashire based in Preston but but now with important um, offshoots over in Burnley um, and we've we've got um, the sorry we're breaking up a bit um, we, we've got the AMRC, the Advanced Manufacturing Research Centre from Sheffield University, which is moving into the county, and Ed Jill over in West Lancashire. So we've got a great suite of universities, and I think they all have an important part to play, as indeed do further education colleges moving forward in, in helping to shape the Lancashire economy and, and to look at new, new prospects for the future, new types of technology. Uh, whether that's in the environmental sector, looking at clean energy and, and so on, uh, and different types of developments. As well, ultimately, I think a wider role for, for universities is attracting people to our county and keeping them here. So, so traditionally in the past, we've had students that have moved out of the area or studied here, but then left the area. And I think the key is to actually keep them in Lancashire. And I, I think there's a, a greater role to, to be played moving forwards. So personally, I, I think that the role of the university sector and further education is one to be value, valued and cherished. Michael, thanks very much for your answer and apologies for the uh, slight technical difficulties towards the end of our conversation this afternoon. It's been great to hear from you and some great positive stories coming out of the county. I was going to get the ball out, but I think, as I say, the technology's beaten us. Um, so you're not going to be allowed to uh, to take the mickey out of my football team, Everton, <laughs> this afternoon. Uh, but I'm sure we'll do that when we meet live eventually, which hopefully we'll sure, be... I'm sure we will do, Frank. <laughs> if, if I can thank you for your time and, and thank you for everything that you, you do as an organisation uh, and to everybody for giving up their time this afternoon to tune in. And if anybody has any specific questions, you can find my details online and contact me in due course. And I think the, the thing to take away from this is, is we will come through this crisis and, and I believe we'll, we'll come through it stronger uh, as a local economy uh, and we'll continue to build the economy. Lancashire has a, two, I think it's two and a quarter billion pipeline of projects uh, and I see no reason why, why those strategic schemes will not go ahead in the, in the future. We are ambitious uh, and working together, we, we will get this done. Brilliant. On that positive note, uh, we'll end the conversation. Thanks, Michael. Thank uh, you, Frank.